to the PNA the Benchwarmers Podcast, episode eight. Again, it's me and Ramon. We're back again to discuss sports. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Good, bro. Yeah, I'm doing good too, man. We just want to give a shout out once again to our boy Los. Uh, he'll be back with us soon, ready to record with us soon and talk sports and all that. But we ready to get it rolling, bro. You gonna jump right into it, bro? Yeah, let you know. Just let them know that uh, we appreciate the support continuously, and make sure that you, you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers. Uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter, and just don't be afraid to interact with our content. And uh, if you like what you hear, as always, make sure that you are sharing the link that you listen to the song. We're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, and we're on Stitcher. So wherever you like to listen to your podcast, make sure that you're sharing the word, spreading the word. Uh, last time we spoke, I I said it. I said it was gonna be a sweep. Yeah, you called it. Yeah, and last time we talked, I said that the NBA season would be over the next time we talk. So for our fellow listeners, welcome to the other side <laughs> of it, of major sports season. Um, I think it was without a doubt in my mind that the Cavs were gonna get swept. I said that even before they even played. Right, right. I think I put a, you know, I put stock in LeBron. I was like, maybe LeBron can pull out one, but after that whole game, one debacle, I guess it just all kind of. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that LeBron gave it all in that game one. He realized that, you know, with them being away, with them, he knew that they had to steal at least one game in Golden State, you know, to have a chance in this series. Right. And the fact that they came so close and you got George Hill missing a, a pivotal free throw. Then you got J.R. Smith, uh, you know, with his debacle. Right. And then, you know, what I think is slept on, we didn't even talk about it last time, you know, I guess with the footage coming up of, of realizing that they had a timeout. Yeah. And Tyrone Lou, you know, when he saw J.R. Smith dribbling the opposite way and making every single move, basketball move except for a scoring move that he should have probably yeah. called a timeout, and he did not yeah. do that. So, I mean, hey, I, I think that the situation kind of, I think we hard on JR because it was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the fact that George Hill missed that free throw and the fact that Tyron Lou did refuse to call a timeout, you know, I think that that played a lot into right, that game. Right. You know? That's why it all boiled over, bro. And, and then we heard the stuff after the final game about LeBron hitting the whiteboard uh, after game one when he was frustrated about everything that went on. But like you said, all those things just piled on top of Is each other. Is Tyrone Lou the worst coach in the NBA? No. <laughs> nah, he not the... I'm not the I, I wouldn't say the worst coach, coach in the NBA. NBA. I guess I, I, I guess I kind of build you out with that question. But I don't think he's as good of a coach, you know... As you know, I don't think he's as good of a coach as we probably thought he was. No, I mean I never held Tyron Lue in such a high regard as a coach. Really, honestly, yeah. um, <laughs> I think he's a I think he's an average coach. You know, I know you don't like that word because we had that whole debate back and forth on average. I think he's an average coach. So who would you compare? I think that the Atlanta Hawks coach was an average coach. The one that got fired. Oh, you think um what Budenholzer was average? Yeah, you think he was average? Okay, uh, so I mean, who, I, who you think is better out of those two? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because I mean the rumor is and the ongoing joke is that LeBron coaches the teams, but I don't think that that's the case. You know, so I don't think you can really like discount the fact that he's the coach and he you see the amount of talent that he had and he was able to get them to the NBA Finals. And you got to realize, I mean, I know you mentioned the thing about LeBron being the coach and all this, but still he does have a championship ring. They did, I mean, the situation, you know, was kind of weird with the whole Draymond Green thing that we yeah. bring up a lot, but he still was the coach that got him to that point. And, I mean, LeBron had David Black before that who was supposed to be overseas and a superstar type of coach. Um, but David Black couldn't really get them to that next level and didn't really didn't really work out with LeBron. But with Tyron Lue, it was, you know, all good and it really worked out. So, I mean, I think he's an, an average coach. I wouldn't say that he is, like, bottom of the league, but I also wouldn't put him in the same class as... Brad Stevens or putting them in the same classes, 
uh, Greg Popovich or something like that. You know, that was a kind of the, the top of the league with Brad Stevens and Greg Popovich and um, even Steve Kerr as well. Um, so I wouldn't put him there, but I also don't think he's at the bottom. And I think that any coach gets kind of scrutinized when they coach LeBron. People thought Spolster wasn't a good coach. And then last year, the coaches voted him as coach of the year. So, Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, but, you know, just by virtue of the fact that you can't say that he was at the – you know, he's not at the bottom because he has, he has a ring, like you mentioned, and he also made it to the finals this year. But, you know, just in a sense, that can't happen at the end of a game. Like, with four seconds left – you have to be just as sharp as your players are. You know, if anybody in the whole arena that could not afford to mess up that moment, it has to be the head coach. Right. And he has to take responsibility for that. You know, you got one timeout, four seconds. He had plenty of time to see. You know, you can't be like, oh, I was just about to see what he was about to do. You know, if he's going, if you know, just like I said, if he's making a basketball move away from the goal, if JR's making a basketball move, timeout, man. Like, you tripping. Timeout. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I understand that. I think JR kind of... JR just threw everybody off in the building, honestly. Everybody was wondering what he was doing. I think somebody on the, uh, somebody joked and said, bro, they thought JR was running like a fast break to the other end of the court. <laughs> like he was about to go score for the other team or something like that. Um, but like you said, I think... I mean, you do have to have presence of mind to call it there, but... You know, I don't know what was going through his head if he thought Jr. was bringing it out to get it to LeBron and then LeBron was going to take it. You know, so many different things are going through your mind right there. But I can see what you're saying about him calling a timeout there. But in the grand scheme of things, they were still going to lose the series. You know, we can't yeah. we can't act like, oh, well, you know, we don't know what happens when they win game one. They would have won game one. That may have caused them to push it to maybe a game six or something potentially. Yeah. But it's still, Golden State was still going to get it together and ultimately come out on top. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it was. But it's just, you know, I, you you know, it's a professional league. But these guys are, you know, they're human. You know, they make mistakes. But it just was kind of disappointing. It's Tyrone, you know, to see Tyrone lose, like, kind of not call it timeout during that situation. So, um, LeBron is clearly not coming back to Cleveland. Yeah, that's that's over with. Yeah, and we're hearing a bunch of rumors. I guess the rumors are entertaining. We heard Golden State, which I, I man, <laughs> that if that happens, I start watching the NBA. Yeah, that's that's over with. Like, why even play the season when you already definitely know the results? Then like, yeah, and then you know, then then they had rumors of uh, of him. Joining Houston, of course, and then Philly's in there. Uh, so, I mean, he has a quite a list. And then, interesting enough, our Los Angeles Lakers are the favorite yeah. to land him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? For that, I think, it's, I think it's so crazy to me when I look at it. Probably about the last month or so, the Lakers have been kind of sitting anywhere between third and fifth on, you know, what was the favorite. Philly had jumped up up top for a while for some time Cleveland may have had it and then Houston had occupied the spot and so it was very interesting to me that basically as soon as the season ended almost everything flipped and the Lakers just took off completely as the favorites um and it's weird I'm trying not to to too much buy into it and not be like oh well this is definitely gonna happen and then all of a sudden you know you know they got the meme floating around with Magic and Palenka in the room on the phone and it's saying stuff like welcome to the Lakers Jeff Green or welcome to the Lakers this name or that name right um so I mean at this point I do think that we are the favorites based upon all the rumors that are going out there I mean they are still rumors at this point um but based upon that I mean you can see it to where we have the ability to have two max spots so you can have a situation where you have a LeBron bring a Paul George out there we still got that young core intact. And our young core is really a nice young core. You can use them even as trade assets if you wanted to bring in potentially a third big name. Um, so it's intriguing and it's also kind of weird at the same time because, you know, basically the Lakers fan base and the LeBron fan base has kind of been on two different spectrums for a while and haven't really, 
you know, pretty much you on the Lakers end or you on the LeBron end and not you on both of them together. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think what's interesting enough is that we are always in a rumor, you know, whether it was, you know, Kevin Durant coming to L.A. Uh, we was talking about, you know, we all but had Carmelo back a few years ago when he was <laughs> desirable. Good thing we didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we always caught up in some type of rumor was Russell Westbrook, you know, right. like it was just always a rumor surrounded around the Lakers. And it, you got to think, you know, I think back to when Stephen A. first reported that it's all but in set in stone that uh, that Kevin Durant would be a Laker. And Kevin Durant came out and be like, you know, he's a liar. And then, yeah. you know, they got into that tip. You don't want to make just, an enemy out of me. Right, right. <laughs> and then, you know, the famous quote Stephen A. said, yeah, you don't want to make an enemy out of me. I'm like, man, like, it's almost like reporters that hate the Lakers because Stephen A is a documented Knicks fan. It's like they say stuff like, oh, sabotage to, to sabotage us and to make us not get that player, you know, make a player react to the point that they're like, okay, you know, uh, I'm going to prove that reporter wrong. Right. I'm not going to go to the Lakers. They and don't I, have an inside scoop. And we all know how much reporters really envy the Lakers deep down. Whether they don't want to admit it or not. Like, it's not many reporters that like the Lakers. So they would say, oh, he's the favorite to go to, you know, L.A. And then LeBron be like, I'm definitely, that's <laughs> the opposite of what that's I'm going to do. That's not the move. And then number two, my point is, is that you never know what LeBron is going to do. You can't call it. Like you never know what he's gonna be, what he's gonna do. You never know. No one can ever guess it. So the fact that they even have these uh, Las Vegas odds that we are the favorite, like I don't get excited about it one bit. I'm like, so what? And then they're like, oh, his his kid enrolled in in school in L.A. I'm like, so what? Like he has, you know, LeBron's rich enough to have nannies and stuff to take care of his kids while he's during the season, you know. Right. So. You know, I'm not buying it. You know, I think that whatever LeBron chooses, I don't feel like anybody right. gets it. Right. I think the biggest thing for us is once we get closer to the end of this month, we'll have more of an idea. Because honestly, when you look at the numbers of everything, in order for it to really work out with Houston, that's going to have to be more of an opt-in and trade type of situation. So you will see it kind of how we saw coming up to free agency when the stuff leaked a couple of days before that Chris Paul wanted to go to the Rockets. And then what did he do? He opt in and then the Rockets were able to trade for him. And so salary cap wise, it's not going to be a clean situation for the Rockets if LeBron opts out. Like that's going to be very difficult for them to manage. Now the ones, if he does opt out, that are still in good position would of course, I mean obviously the Lakers can absorb him. Philly is in a position to absorb him. San Antonio would have to still, they would once again have to work out some stuff, but they could potentially make some stuff work because Kawhi isn't on that Supermax deal yet. And even if he got the Supermax uh, deal, it would be an extension where he wouldn't hit his big $30 million, $40 million until a couple of years down the line. Um, so... Like you said, I mean, at this point, it's all just rumors. We're going to hear new stuff that come out every day, but we really not going to know stuff until we get more towards the end of this month and then definitely the beginning of next month. Um, if he opts into his contract, then you know pretty much the move is going to be Houston or something like that. Yeah, I think the Chris Paul uh, the Chris Paul rumor, the report that came out is that Chris Paul would some way find his way to the Lakers and that we'll be able to get Paul George and LeBron that's interesting because, you know, if you think about a quote a couple years back where LeBron said at some point in his career when he's winding down, he want to make, he want to play with his best friends, Carmelo, uh, Chris Paul. You don't want the banana boat. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> right. They, they, they pretty washed. Uh, or the majority of it, except right. for LeBron. And Chris Paul yeah, not washed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, that, you know, they said that that makes a lot of sense. But, I, again, I think it's all speculation. I don't think no one knows. I think no one knows, and I think LeBron play, pays his team and been so good to his team that surrounds that's around him that they're very very loyal to him. So you're not gonna hear any leak reports unless LeBron wanted it to be leaked. So in in all considering, I think that it's just fun to speculate and guess where he's gonna go, but nobody knows where he's going. Yeah, I mean, when the best player in the league is on the market, it's gonna be always that type of situation, especially in the landscape of the NBA now. You know, yeah. years ago. 
free agency free agents were going out and signing those long deals and being locked up for six or seven years. And honestly, credit to LeBron, he kind of changed that landscape in the league yeah. and really more so put it in the, in the players' power of, okay, you know what I'm going to keep doing? I'm going to keep signing these two-year deals with that one-year opt-out. And um, I'm going to keep essentially, my, in lack of a better term, foot on the throat of management to make sure they still doing whatever they can do to surround me um, with good pieces. Now, on another tip, I think that that's somewhat backfired on them a little bit in Cleveland because sometimes when you yeah. don't commit, yeah. then that prevents them from making moves to get other pieces around you. So it's like it's a it's a give or take situation. It's like you keeping your foot on their throat, but at the same time you still making it difficult for them to make moves at the same time. So And then they put that, you know, Cleveland really put their chips in the middle of the table uh, starting this year with signing those big contracts. They're giving these big contracts to Tristan. You know, we saw this debate over whether he deserved that. You know, and they gave the big contract to Caleb. You know, it's you know it's almost like they paid whoever LeBron wanted them to pay. You know, even Jr. got a pretty decent contract, and you know off the strength of LeBron. You know, and now their money is so tied up. Yeah, and you know their assets are low because they one of the oldest team in, teams in the league, so they don't really even have any young pieces to right. really you know wager to you know rebuild that team. That team was a win now team. Right. And ultimately, you know, as the last result, there was an emergency mode, which I don't blame them at all. They, they decided to bust up the team and do something yeah, new. They, they gambled, and, yeah. you know, with the results, you know, they made it to the finals, but nobody expected that. I didn't expect that team to do anything. Like I said, they, not, they, not, they weren't as good as the Cavs teams of the past. So, you know, this team was a win-now team. It didn't work. They had to bust it up. So the Cavs, you know, LeBron left it a mess the first time yeah. he left, and you know now that he's leaving again, he's left it a mess again. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of, to be honest, how it really goes with LeBron. Like, you know, teams geared completely around him, and everything is geared to totally feel LeBron. That's why even Kyrie said, okay, I'm going to get out of here before this debacle happens, and then I'm left here with a team that's not built to function really around me. This team is built completely to function around LeBron. You have to have a certain particular support and cast around LeBron, even as we get into this more. That's why at first some destinations that I thought would be a natural fit, when I start to think about kind of how teams play around LeBron, I don't know if it works. Like even mentioned in Philly, we think that, okay, he stays in the Eastern Conference, he has Ben Simmons, he has Joel Embiid, but when has LeBron really played with another ball handler that can't really shoot outside of the lane, a big man that has to stay on the block, you realize when LeBron has bigs that he plays with, he turns them into spot-up shooters. Yeah. And we know Joel Embiid is not going to just be a spot-up shooter. He can shoot the three, but that's not what he's going to just uh, solely be. So I think, you know, what happened really in this situation, no, they didn't expect the whole Kyrie debacle to ever happen. They didn't expect Kyrie to say at one point, okay, I'm going to get out of here. Um, and so... As you said, kind of the track record has been once LeBron leaves, you know, it's kind of a mess. And so even when you think of it through the lens of a, as a Lakers fan, I mean, okay, we get LeBron, we're going to contend for some years. We honestly know that, but then we're probably going to be left in a mess as well. Yeah. And I mean, we have a, I would have to see how it will work because even if we were to sign LeBron and get him, I would like to see what pieces will we end up having to give up. You know, we know we wouldn't lose Lonzo unless it would be a trade, you know, because he's on his rookie contract. We wouldn't lose Kuz or Joshua Hart. Uh, B.I. Would, would come in concern in the next year or so. Uh, Randall, you know, what will be his fate? Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't imagine a team with LeBron, Paul George, and Paul and Randall. I couldn't imagine it. I mean, maybe yeah. if Randall's willing to take a cut, no. But I doubt that. Nah, it, so, it, that wouldn't even it wouldn't yeah, work so out cap wise. I don't know how our roster would look because I don't I don't think LeBron with our current roster would be like, look, I'm coming to LA. I think that it would have to be a situation where he agreed uh, on kind of like the Miami deal. Yeah, you know, he knew Chris Bosh was. They was talking on the side. He knew Chris Bosh was gonna come to Miami. And uh, kind of like when he came back to Cleveland, he knew Kevin Love was going to come yeah, back. he knew they were going to 
Make so, I mean, come to Cleveland, not come back, but come to Cleveland. So, you know, I think it would have to be like a gentleman's agreement type deal where he talked to Paul and be like, yeah, Paul, I'm going to go to L.A. Okay, I'm going to go too. You know, and Chris Paul would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go too. Because Chris Paul is really smart. Nobody's really, I don't think, I think everybody assumes that he's going to re-sign with Houston. But it's really interesting because he, you know, he has, he's an unrestricted free agent this year too. Right. So, you know, he kind of gave it a test run. And I know that the NBA mind couldn't really imagine, you know, you going all the way to the Western Conference Finals in a tough league, in a tough conference, and you not going back to that team. But it's very, very, very interesting what it's going to do because him and LeBron talk almost every day. They're they they, good they, friends. They pretty much, I mean, like he said, that's like the NBA, you were friends, yeah, That's what I'm saying. Know? Like, I mean, they, they are that good of friends. So, I mean, I could totally see that happening. Um, of course, in that scenario, like you said, I mean, we moved the young pieces at that point. You know, we if something like that happens, Julius Randle isn't a Laker anymore. Like, that's that's just not going to happen. Somebody out there is going to give him the money, most likely the Mavs. You still got the Pacers that have some money out there. Um, the Bulls actually have a lot of cap space this year. If they wanted to go out and pursue a Randle, they actually going to have the second most cap space behind the Lakers. Lakers, Bulls, then Sixers. Um... And so a situation like that, you know, in order for the pieces to align, you have to sign LeBron and and Chris Paul, and you have to say, okay, basically Paul George got to tell, okay, see, I'm out of here. What I can do for you, you can call up the Lakers, you can get some pieces, and we can make this deal work. At that point, I mean, you know, okay, see, if we call them up and say Paul George is going to go, they're going to take somebody like B.I. or take somebody, you know, I don't know how well Alonzo would work with a guy like Russell Westbrook. I, I don't no, know how well that works at all. Um, but you'll see some of those young pieces go. Now, of course, I think LeBron would want a guy like Kuz to stay around um, because Kuz once again, spot he can spot up and shoot, and that's LeBron's type of guy. So um, it'll be interesting. It's tough to see potentially the roster get gutted because we do like these young guys. Like, I do really believe in Brandon Ingram. I really do believe in Lonzo Ball's potential in his future. I really do believe in Kyle Kuzma and all that. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, I think if you got a chance to make a run for it and to go for it, I think a guy like Magic Johnson, also with Jeannie Buss as well, they're going to go for the gusto. It's L.A. That's how... Um, that's how Dr. Jerry Buss would have done it back in the day. He was all about getting the stars, having the best. And so I think if it comes down to it, you'll see them. They would definitely make that move. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I you know, just like you said, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to just deplete my young core unless it's just a, you know, unless it's just like a something like that with a LeBron. Yeah. You know, Chris Paul coming in, Paul George, because, you know, it's like Kobe says, and I agree with him. Like, you look at the Warriors, bro, that team prior to Kevin Durant was essentially drafted. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the success they had before Kevin Durant, you know, and just how they how well they drafted. Like, it just takes time like that. And teams that grow together like that are well cemented, you know. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not really – you know, if it happens, it happens. Now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. What are your thoughts on LeBron, actually, if he were to get signed with the Lakers? Let's let's get down to it. Man, that's a, it's a tough situation for me. Honestly, when it comes down to it, I'm a Lakers fan first and a Kobe fan second. And I'm saying that for a reason. We have a lot of people that are Lakers fans that don't want to see LeBron be a Laker. And I can partially understand them. A lot of it sometimes roots from the whole Kobe-LeBron dynamic mm. and the debate with that. Now, I can understand you on the tip if you feel like it's going to deplete the young core in our future. We're going to only have a few years to contend and all that. But if it's about the whole Kobe-LeBron dynamic, then I think you got to really reevaluate and see, are you just a Kobe fan or are you truly a Lakers fan? Because if you're a Lakers fan, you want to see the best thing potentially happen for your team. Now, getting into it again... That's going to be a weird dynamic because the two fan bases have always been on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's weird for me to see that I would be connected with LeBron fans and rooting for the same thing. I just haven't, I haven't had that moment where we could really like gel and mesh on that type of stuff. So on that front, mm-hmm. um, that'll be kind of weird. But from a basketball perspective, I mean, I have no issue with it. I'm not hating on LeBron in any type of sense. 
I just want what's best for my Lakers and if this is going to be the best thing and produce the best product and give us a chance for banner number 17, I'm with it. Uh, my thoughts, uh, you know, I agree with you as a basketball fan. I know that any any team will be lucky and good enough, to, you know, will be happy enough to have LeBron. But I just look at it as if, like, the only thing that I'm bracing, because we've been Lakers fans through thick and thin, like, we still repping the Lakers and they're they trash. You got your Lakers shirt on. Right? Right? I got my Lakers, you know, they can't, the listeners can't see me, but I have a Lakers t-shirt right now. So, you know, just being a huge Laker fan, it is, you know, part of being a loyal fan, the beauty of it is just remembering, reminiscing on the bad years. We've been bad for about, or debatably, six years now. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, you know, when you finally become good, it's just like, you know, it just it's just an exhilarating feeling. But I don't feel like the feeling will be exhilarating because you're going to have a bunch of Laker bandwagon fans that say that they're LeBron fans that are rooting for the Lakers. And you like, we are true fans, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, you know, yeah, you know, I would love to have LeBron because he's the best player in the world. But it's just like, I don't know, it just... It's just having all those bandwagon Laker fans, you know that. Oh, you know, go Lakers, this, that, and other. We know, we be, we've been saying go Lakers for the past six years. We've been like the, the trashes. Like the if you listen to us right now, go Google our record last right. year, and we as Laker fans are happy with that record right. because we're like, well, that's fifteen games more than last year. Like we are, we have really been struggling, and for like LeBron to come, then it'd be people that just hop on. You know, LeBron's on our team. You know, most likely Paul George and Chris. And then for us to go to like a sad team and go to one of the best teams in the league, you know, and then right. people just be rooting for us that weren't loyal. It's just right, like, and uh, then honestly too, if that window is short and those guys, you know, let's just say it depletes after LeBron, yeah. gone, you know, those guys are gone and those fans are gone because they're not yeah. really sticking with the Lakers. They just. You know, riding the whole LeBron situation. So, I do feel you with that. Yeah, so it's kind of like, I'm in conflict. I hadn't really quite meditated on it, how I would feel if LeBron came. Because I'm like, bro, like, come on, man. Honestly, I'm not tripping about any situation. Like, I'm not, in the past, even as a Lakers fan, you know, we'll get hyped up and then we'll kind of get disappointed and say we didn't get this free agent like you were mentioning earlier. But really, any route that we take at this point, whether it's LeBron and Paul George joining, LeBron, Paul George, Chris Paul, Kawhi, whatever, or if, if it turns out that it's no one and we just re-sign Julius Randle and we run out that young core again with some guys on one-year deals and stuff like that and look towards 2019, I'm still good with that. So, like you said, I mean, I do feel you on that point because like, we have literally been through the rough years and I think that's what comes, too, with being, like, a true fan of, of a franchise as opposed to, you know, some just being fans of players. You know, I can understand your perspective if you're just going to, you know, be a player's fan throughout his whole career and stuff like that. But a lot of the times, you're going to be a fan of a player that's, like, one of the best in the league and they're not going to really have high, really low moments. Most of their moments going to be pretty good or relatively high, like, We've literally walked through the, the dark days of the Lakers where pretty much we used to always be worried about draft lottery coming up to yeah. see if we were going to keep our so pick and hoping, you know, that we would land a pick and then we'll get top two and we'll be happy about that. And so, like you said, um, to see all of the bandwagons join, that would be, you know, kind of iffy, but ultimately... I'm about whatever is best for the Lakers. So if that puts us in the best position to win and we got to take on the bandwagon fans and all of that kind of stuff, then, hey, it just kind of comes along with it, man. It comes with the territory. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, yeah, I'll be on board. I'm just not like one of them people that's like, you know, oh, my goodness, we're going to get LeBron. You know, I'm just like, okay, we're going to get LeBron. That's pretty cool. We're going to be one of the best teams. I just think it's a more rewarding feeling when you drafted a team and you just, like, right. you know, you watch them grow and then you watch Cools. Because, like, think about the true Warriors fan. Like, yeah. people that are actually from San, San Francisco, from the Bay, and they actually, you know, were fans regardless of what their record was or who was playing yeah. for them. Like, you think about them. Like, think about how happy they right. are now that they – like, have a dynasty. Right. You know, that's kind of how, you know, and I'm I'm speaking proud of KD going there. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, nobody was really messing with them prior to KD. You know, they really drafted Draymond. They really drafted Clay. They, they really drafted, drafted stuff. Like, they created, like, this great team. They're, like, almost what the Thunder should have been. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, you know, with the Thunder having James Harden and Westbrook and Durant on one team, they are what they did it the correct way. You know what I'm saying? They did it the correct way, you know, what the Thunder should have done. So, you know, it's just like, you know, I want that same feeling, you know, to see Kuz grow up, you know, he on first team, rookie NBA, you know, rookie NBA team, all rookie NBA team, you know, to see Josh Hart, who I watched in Villanova. Then, you know, you know how we do, we scout guys, you know, before the draft. So we watched them in college, you know, we, you know, gained a relationship kind of like, you know, from a distance with those guys and to watch them grow like Randall, you know, to see him finally you know, take his game to another level. And we've been watching him for years, right. bro, in Kentucky. And was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a Laker. Oh, yeah, he's going to be good. And just, just to see him finally put it all together, you know, those are the type of feeling that, yeah. that are rewarding as a fan. So, I, you know, I think that LeBron coming to us, yeah, it'll be a great thing because we'll be great. And I'll be on board. Right. I'll probably buy a LeBron jersey at that point. Ooh. But <laughs> yeah. at least his shoes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you know, it's just like, it does take away that feeling right. as a fan. I think even to add on that, too, what would make it a difficult situation is like even a guy that you pointed out in Julius Randle, a guy that grew up being a Lakers fan just like yeah. we grew up being a Lakers yeah. fan, who said, I've literally seen it at the lowest point, and I want to be a part of it when it rises again, when yeah. it's at its top. So to see that and to see a guy that has a true dedication to the Lakers true fan his game has risen he's developed being a laker and he wants to see it rise and get to the top point and then you to say okay well we got these other guys coming in by randall that's kind of tough to see as well from that yeah. perspective so you've seen guys who've been a part of it at the lowest point and then you just kind of package them up and say hey you're out of here and we're moving on from you you know and you know that's not the type of franchise we are i don't think jenny i don't think magic you know would 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 do that type of thing. I think for Randall not to be a Laker next year, it would have to be because he was just like, no, you know, look, y'all don't have to pay me. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I think Randall would be, you know, a little humble, maybe. It's difficult when that money is on the line like that. But that cap space, too, we, we got to know what the cap space, like what I'm saying, what money is allowed. Because, yeah. you know, if it was high like those years, like uh, not year before last, where like the, you know, the cap hit and it expanded and you had these like mediocre average players getting these big contracts, you know. Yeah, um, just based upon honestly looking at it as it even relates to this whole Randall situation and all that, if we were to get, let's just say, LeBron and Paul George, um, we're going to be in a, situ- a, a difficult situation to keep Randall. We're going to be left with a few different scenarios. We still wouldn't have quite enough money to keep Randall if we did stretch Luol Deng, um, stretch his contract. That means, of course, you take those last two years yeah. and you spread them over uh, several years to make the cap hit not as much each year you're still in a position where you're really going to fall short of being able to pay Randall if you bring in those two guys. Now, if you're able to work out a situation where, okay, we take Luau Bing's contract and we package that with our first-round pick this year and pretty much as many draft assets as we can, and also you can also throw cash on top of that, so let's just say we package it with a couple first-rounders, maybe a second-rounder in there, you throw in some cash like five million and say hey uh, a team that's rebuilding that knows that they won't contend for a while you know we're going to send you these drafts draft assets we're going to send you this money and hey you can take on a luau dean's contract because you know you're going to be bad for a couple of years then maybe you could find a way to have paul george lebron and randall but it's going to be essentially difficult unless you can move that luau dean contract out the way so yeah yeah, I mean, we're in a tough situation, yeah. bro. Not to make it all Lakers. Right, because that's what I say, because we, yeah. we do have other situations. We do have other free agency situations out there. We still got the whole Kawhi situation of what's going to happen with him in San Antonio that we got to think about. Dude, even speaking on that, like, you think that's going to get ironed out and be okay? or you? Think- I think ultimately it will. I think they realize how big Kawhi is. For the franchise, I think the whole situation from just the beginning has been just weird. 
you know, and the Spurs, you know, they used to be in this pristine franchise and, you know, always knowing what to do and, and, you know, what to, you know, what to say, you know, and, you know, it seemed like they virtually had a players brainwashed. Like right. Tony Parker was a superstar right. as well as uh, Tim Duncan and, and Manu, but all of those guys have very, very humble personalities. And not to say Kawhi doesn't, because from what reports are saying is that Kawhi has people in his corner that are, you know, swaying him to take this stance that he's taking. And, you know, I, I don't blame him, you know, because, I mean, it's like Santonio wants you to shut up and play ball right. type attitude, right. you know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you even look at Tony Parker, you know, he, you know, he, he got it. Uh, Javante Murray took his starting position, and he had no issues with that. Granted, Tony is pretty washed, but... You know, still, you know, pretty, as good as he was. Generous. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just in, you know, you know, just think about what of what Tony Parker was and how he gave the Lakers fits. But just think about how good he was and how easy he was to give up his position. Same with Tim Duncan. He was willing to give up his, his spot, you know, when LaMarcus came in, you know. So, it's just, I just think that they finally, Kawhi had somebody on his team that's like, you have to do what's best for you because at the end of the day, this franchise, is, you know, they'll do what's best for them. You know? Right. So, I don't I don't really fault Kawhi for taking the stance that he's been taking. Yeah, I don't really fault him either. And the dynamic is going to be interesting to me as well to see, okay, let's just say they do work it out with Kawhi. Well, we know we heard the reports of last offseason, LaMarcus Aldridge wanted to force a trade because he was tired of being the second option or the third option or whatever. Yeah. And you know when Kawhi is back and healthy, LaMarcus Aldridge is the second option. That's not his team. And so he was able to get a piece this year because Kawhi was hurting so they could feed the ball into him. He could be the primary guy. But even if it works out there, are we going to see some other turmoil within the team? Is LaMarcus going to still be healthy? Like, how are they going to figure that out? And so, Well, LaMarcus is getting getting older now. So, you know, he had a good year. He made, what did he make, second team? NBA, all NBA. He was he was up there. I can't remember which team he made. And of course, he was an All Star. We know that, but I can't yeah, remember which. Yeah, uh, he made. Well, he made an NBA All yeah. NBA team. I know it wasn't first, but it was no. second or third, obviously. But you know, I want to say it was second. But you know, Lamarcus. You know, he had a good year, great year. But just like you say, it's just you know, with Kawhi not being there, then you know, of course, naturally he's gonna have to be that first option. Um. But, you know, what do you think? You think they're going to work it out? Um, I think at the end of the day, once he sees that Supermax sitting on the table, I think he's going to take that. Yeah. I, I think, think he's just trying to establish himself. Look, y'all ain't going to be, you know, pushing over me. Y'all ain't going to be messing over me, you know. But he still has a year on his contract. Wow. So now, I, if San Antonio gets arrogant as a franchise, and I don't think I they don't will. Think do that. But if they get in a situation where, Oh, well, you're coming off this injury. We don't know if we're going to offer you the Supermax now. Then, of course, it gets crazy at yeah. that point. But Then Boogie. What do you think yeah, Boogie does in free agency? Yeah, that's, that's another one that's such a crazy situation for me because, like I said even weeks ago, I'm I'm not the same that you in Lowe's feel that, that Boogie is just going to be completely fine after that Achilles injury. Like, I'm not so sure about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the point I made to you, Boogie wasn't necessarily the most athletic guy. His game is not predicated on his quickness. His game more predicated on his upper body strength, able to bump people around in his jump shot. Yeah, I I do understand that. I just think about the history of bigs in the league that have sustained that type of injury. And, of course, I do know that treatment has gotten better uh, over the course of the years and all that type of stuff. But you look at guys and really – they really not the same after that Achilles injury. So, yeah. I mean, I still But not like it's Kobe who's 30, knocking on 35 and, and tearing his Achilles. Yeah. And, and a buddy who's like 29, 28. Yeah, but you got to look at it as well. And don't get me wrong, this guy isn't Boogie. But Elton Brand was a very good player. He was. He was a very he good was player. Serviceable. Very good player in almost the prime of his career. Whether you say it was the prime or the, kind of the back end of the prime. He sustained that Achilles injury and was never the same. This is the guy that was a 20 and 10 guy and was never the same after that Achilles injury. So I think it can't be looked at as lightly. Um, now, it is good signs that they talked about, like, 
you know, with the Achilles injury, normally one of your legs gets smaller or something afterwards, and Boogie never had that type of situation. Like, his recovery already looks different than a lot of guys who had the injury. But still, that's going to be a tough situation. I think, honestly, the Pels still do need to bring him back. I think that they don't need to overthink that situation. So what do you think Boogie would do? Um, I think, ultimately, if I had to just say this is where you're going to be, I think it's going to be New Orleans. Yeah, I think, you know, him and Anthony Davis has a great relationship. You know, they, they became close over the year, over the year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think that, you know, I think ultimately, yeah, they'll work it out. And, and I, I think, fam. yeah, and in general, let's be smart about this. New Orleans is a small market team. Uh, Boogie is a big market player. I think that ultimately they'll be like, hey, look, I don't care what his injury look like. I'm justified in giving him this match. Yeah. I'm going to do it because I need to fill up these seats. Exactly. And I think ultimately that's what they'll do. And I think Boogie's going to look at that money and be like, okay, I'm staying right here. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think ultimately, you know, I, don't, I really don't feel like there's much to talk about that. I think he's definitely going to – I think New Orleans will offer him, and I think he's going to accept it. Yeah, I agree. I I think you will see him right back with the with the Pels. So what are some more free agency? I mean, we already we've talked about the Paul George stuff kind of yeah. a lot, but do you think that it's a foregone well, conclusion? I'm seeing rumors. I'm getting notifications on my phone every day from Bleacher Report and ESPN, and they're saying that the Thunder's chances is way higher than than bef- than they thought before. And I'm like, duh, because <laughs> I'm like, you know, like I I think I'll. I do think that a lot of, like, you know, these updates are unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't he consider what he's been playing at before, you know? But, you know, I already knew that the Thunder was a prime contender. And then, you know, I, I listened to a, you know, I heard a snippet of a podcast that had him, that he was, that he, uh, he he's affiliated with, I should say. And... You know, they ultimately said that he has a great relationship with Westbrook and that plays a big part into what decision that he's going to make. So, with that being said, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, But I I think that as Paul George, I think he should reflect on it because I think that what he perceived to me, and I'm not saying this as a Laker fan, I'm saying this just as a, a trying to be objective. You know, when he first tried to get out of... Uh, Indiana, you know, he gave that type of notion. I want to be in LA. I want to go back home. And he had no, he was unapologetic about it. What was interesting to me is that you saying that you want to leave Indiana and go to LA. And you know, at the time, how our roster looked, it wasn't Josh Hart there. It wasn't Kyle Kuzma. It was just, uh, it wasn't Lonzo Ball. It wasn't Lonzo. It was just like Randall, you know, D'Angelo Russell at the time. You know, it was just, you know, our roster did not look nearly as good as it does now. All right. All right. It was no KCP. It was no Isaiah Thomas. And he was saying he wanted to go there. So, it made it, it, there's two things that told me. That he has loyalty to his home. And what guy wouldn't want to play for their hometown and right. for a team they grew up being a fan of. Especially, you know, with his favorite player being Kobe. You know, but secondly, it told me he want to be a leader and he want to be the man, you yeah. know. And I think what better opportunity? If that's how he feel. He want to be the man. He has that, you know, Westbrook mentality. He has that, you know, LeBron or Mamba mentality. Is that he want to be the one? Then what better place to go to LA with a good roster with plenty of money to bring in a free agent to help you, yeah. you know, and you, you can still be the man. So yeah. you know that's why you know I think that partially we have a good shot of getting him. But, you know, just like I said, they say him and Westbrook are close. But KD yeah. and Westbrook were reportedly, quote-unquote, bros. Right. And you saw what KD did. Right. So, it's, it's going to be, you know, and, interesting. And honestly, on the whole Paul George thing, he just truly needs to even reflect on it and look at a basketball sense. That does not work in okay. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. For Paul George, to me, there will be two options. And maybe potentially a third if a, if a trade could be worked out to Houston. But I really look at two real options. I look at L.A. because of everything you mentioned, so I don't need to reiterate all that kind of stuff. You've already explained that. And to me, Philly is a better option than staying in OKC. I know it's comfortable. I know he got the relationship with Russell Westbrook. But you put a guy in there with Paul George with the way that Ben Simmons can create shots and Joel Embiid on the block, he's really... 
Of course, we know LeBron is a better player. Mm-hmm. But Paul George is a more natural fit in Philly than LeBron is as far as the way, the style of basketball mm-hmm. that they play. That's a hot take. Yeah. Paul George and Philly. Yeah. That's, so, I honestly feel that, to me, when it comes down to it, if I were Paul George and I'm ranking them, to me, L.A. and Philly are 1A and 1B. Honestly, just being frank, they 1A and 1B. Um, just because of what you mentioned, all the points of L.A. and then, like I'm saying, how he fits in Philly. I think the Thunder come after both of those options. So, honestly, you know, if the friendship with Russell Westbrook doesn't cloud his mind, he should be out of there. Yeah, I agree. I think he should. But, hey, you're you're in for a treat, listeners. You heard the first hot take. Paul George to Philly. Right. Right. By none other than <laughs> opinionated bench warmers on Ramon Hardy. Right. Paul right, George right. to Philly. I like it. I Bro, love it. What what do you think about this nonsense of DeAndre Jordan talking about he wanna to go to Houston? Man, Houston shit. <laughs> Man I don't know. I don't hold DeAndre Jordan as high regard as other people do. Yeah. Like to me he's like a very talented star role player. Yeah. Cause he's offensively limited. You know, he's a monster on defense, but he's not a really a complete player like that. So I think that, you know, in a sense that he's like, I don't want to say overrated because he's a great player. But, you know, I just think that he's just like a a, 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 a role play on steroids. Yeah. What you got to look at, they have Clint Capella. Clint Capella is a restricted yeah, free agent. Yeah. That is your DeAndre yeah, Jordan. Is. That is a younger version of DeAndre Jordan yeah. right there. He does everything. He catches the lives. He's good in pick and roll. He right. plays good defense. And he's, he not, shots. and he's not that expensive. He's either. not that expensive, and he doesn't have a great just post-game go-to move down low. Same thing as DeAndre Jordan. So why would you let Clint Capella go to bring in DeAndre Jordan? Like, that's not going to make sense. I understand from DeAndre's perspective, he like, oh, let me get back with CP3 because I want to catch those lives and all that stuff again. But come on. Come on. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So, Dwayne Casey got hired by the Detroit Pistons. You know, um, and he says that right away that Blake Griffin, is, he's going to try to exceed. Well, he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say this directly. But what I got out of what he was saying is he's going to try to exceed excel uh Blake Griffin's grain he thinks that he's a star Blake Griffin can't stay healthy bro he can't and I don't think that I think that the best ability is availability and he's oftentimes not available bro like so I don't know man I you know it was it was exciting that Detroit made that trade but I feel like again it was kind of like I alluded to with the Pelicans it's like I need to fill up some seats so let me do something special like that and get get a superstar in but you know Blake to me is a, you know I think that I like Blake a lot but he just can't stay healthy bro right right and honestly too I think part of that trade was a last ditch effort for Stan Van Gundy too he kind of saw the writing on the wall where if I don't do something and make a move if I don't make the playoffs I'm out of here so you know what I'm gonna go do let me go get a big name that everybody be like ooh Blake Griffin and I ain't gonna lie they did fool some people people were like ooh yeah. Blake Griffin. They was winning some games. Right. Um, they were. Because uh, everybody was like, Blake Griffin with Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson may come back and be healthy and we can be this and be that. Um, but ultimately, like you said, Blake, it's just so many injuries. You got to deal with that so much. And that contract that he signed, like, Blake is about to, I think, this upcoming year being at like 33 million, 34 million range. Ooh. At the end of his contract, he's getting. 36 37 million or something Bank. like that so he's making that ridiculous money like the clippers is that like, a part of the kardashian curse <laughs> it is it, possible bro it is very possible that's why we like you mentioned last time bro ben get out <laughs> get out get out that's all we gotta say really on that bro because we don't want to see you go down with that too but it is possibility as part of the curse, bro. It is possibility. So, I think it's going to be interesting. We said that even during the playoffs that we felt that this free agency period was going to be... More even, exciting than the finals. Yeah, exactly. Like, we think that this is going to be crazy. There's going to be some things that happen that we really... That we don't even expect. All right. So, let's do this. LeBron, where's he going? One word answer. Lakers. <laughs> Paul George, you said. Lakers. Lakers. 
Oh, you said I like said okay, 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 okay. This is what I said. He fits well in Philly. But if I had to pick it based on everything you said, I still gonna say Lakers. Okay. So I I sold you on it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. I should be in the meeting when they <laughs> yeah. when they be apologizing. Yeah, call up Magic <laughs> Be like that meme with Draymond in front of Kevin Durant. Yeah, prepping him up. Right. I was like, hey, look, Paul George, man, this is where you need to be. So Chris Paul, Houston. All right, he's resigning, and I don't think there's any other. What KCP? What do you think he's gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> we gonna mention we didn't mention all these dudes. And we gonna mention, we gonna mention KCP to end it all, bro. KCP can end up in Milwaukee or something, bro. He gonna go wherever the money is. Bro. I think, yeah, I think, I think uh, he'll be good for Detroit. I think that if Going the Pelicans back, willing to do it, KCP he'll fit well with nice, the Pelicans, that would bro. Be great fit. With Rondo, with your boy, I forgot his name. You talking about Drew? Drew and with KCP, that's the guy. They the best defensive core in the league. With AD playing down low, bro, right. that, that could That'd be, be nasty. That'd they be, need another guy. And the thing about KCP, he can shoot, bro. He, he can, can score. Shoot. He can I really want to bring KCP back to LA. All right, so JJ Reddick. Philly. I'm going to say Philly. I don't I'm know. Say, He's going to take a discount. Well, the only reason I'm saying Philly is because I've said the two biggest names that they're going after that they won't get them, and so then I think at that point they'll pivot back to JJ. So they're gonna pay him another twenty mil. I don't know if they're gonna pay him another twenty mil. I think that they would fill out and see what other free agents out there. They've even mentioned them as potentially trying to trade for Blake Griffin, even after you know what you mentioned about what Detroit is doing with Casey. They mentioned that Philly may try to trade for Blake and absorb him and kind of all that money and space that they have. So I think that they'll look for something. JJ's not going to get paid another $23 million, But, I mean, you asking me all these destinations, I'm really trying to hear your input on this too. Like, you put me on the high seat, but I want to know where you think LeBron going. Uh, LeBron, Houston. Paul George. Paul George, Lakers. CP3? CP3, Houston. KCP, like you said. KCP? I think KCP, I think he's going to be like a a plan B for us. I feel like we strike out in free agency, which I think is a highly likely chance. Because we're not really, we're not really, really, the media has a way of getting our fans' hopes up. But this is not the year that we're really targeting. We're really targeting next year's free agency class with Clay. You know, with, Jimmy Butler, with Kawhi, Westbrook, potentially Westbrook's in that class too, right? Uh, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, after the year after. So you know, with Clay, Jimmy, you know, Kyrie, man, Kyrie, and you know Kawhi. So you know, that's what we're targeting. So I feel like he, you know, I feel like he'll probably end up in LA again because I feel like I want to say we not. I don't think we're gonna. I don't know. We might, but I don't know. I mean, if we get LeBron, then KCP's not coming back, but. If we don't, then I think it's very likely. And we'll get Isaiah Thomas. Oh, where's Isaiah Thomas going? Uh, IT is going to end up in. Let's see. Goodness, where can IT go? I know. I don't even know where he could go. I I, I wouldn't say. I, I don't know where he could go. I can't see it right now. Charlie? Yeah, no, okay, Kemba. Uh, goodness, that's a good question. I, I, I asked a question and stumped right. myself. We literally would have to look at every pretty much team. Cause I, Orlando? Possible. That's possible. That's not exciting, that's not exciting but, but... Yeah, at this point, he just going to have to go with Yeah, he's going to go where the money is. He's going to have to go where the money is. So... I think we covered it all. Yeah, so I mean... San, San Antonio? No, they got Javante. Mm-hmm. But Javante, I don't, I don't know if I'm saying... Dejounte. Javante? Yeah, Dejounte Murray. He's developing slowly. Because, I mean, it seemed like to me, Parker was like... You could see he was going to be a star from the beginning. So, I mean, they, they could potentially go after Isaiah. Isaiah yeah. and Kawhi. And Greg Popovich can do something with pretty much anything. So, he yeah. could... He could but yeah, I like Isaiah, bro. Like, I mean, I hope After you trashed him on the last episode. <laughs> Talking about he just oh, came <laughs> with all this the world. This is my makeup episode. Kind of <laughs> you know, like how referees do makeup calls. Right. This is my makeup. Right. So, 
Yeah. We'll see. I think that's pretty much the landscape. I mean, we didn't hit the, the high points, the big names. You said Boogie with the Pills. Oh, yeah. Le- Boogie with the Pills. Oh, yeah. Boogie I said with the that, Pills. Yeah. Uh, you got LeBron going to Houston. So, you got the whole LeBron, CP3, James Harden team up. That will be nasty. I hope that don't happen. I pray that don't happen, bro. Yeah, that would be... I yeah, I don't want that to happen either, bro. I think I, it, I think it it could. I think it's more. I if I had the Vegas uh roles like the little thing that they doing, I would have Houston the favorite. Like I said, because LeBron, you got to think about LeBron. I'm thinking about the past. LeBron is gonna go somewhere where he can compete. And Houston's roster right now, that of course they have to drop Ariza, which you know Ariza's aging anyway. They would have to. Eric Gordon would probably be the toughest give up. Yeah, they but you know, they 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 would have a. I, I mean, I trust Daryl Morey's ability to get it done, but they would have a ton of things that they would have to do. But I don't know if LeBron opts out. Up. No, it's no, his contract's not up. They would have to find a way to trade Eric Gordon, and also trade Ryan Anderson, which is going to be a tough deal. They to pay get Ryan on. Anderson. Yeah, Ryan Anderson is getting. Big oh yeah, he can't because yeah. he resigned with yeah. the, so, the cap was outrageous. Uh, so. You know, getting rid of that deal, that's almost like us trying to get rid of the Luau Ding deal in a sense. Right, that's a good shoot, though. Yeah. Um, so, the biggest thing to me with the Houston thing, if we see LeBron out, that's going to be very difficult for Houston to swing it. They really, the best situation for them is LeBron to opt in and get traded, like I said, like the whole thing with Chris Paul happened last offseason. If he opts out, that makes Houston chances much tougher to make it be able to work out. You think LeBron is going to give up his power and opt in? I don't think he's going to opt in unless they have a deal in place. This is the thing about it. If, like you said, if he determines that, kind of like Chris Paul determined that, hey, Houston is going to be the spot. If he determines that and Houston can give up some assets that Cleveland is interested in, Mm -hmm. I think they pretty much kind of have to do it unless they're ready to go through a rebuild or something again because at that point, Kevin Love's your best player. Mm-hmm. You got that number eight pick coming in. So if you could swing a Eric Gordon or something like that, that's not bad constellation. Of course, we know that's not LeBron, but, you know. Yeah, it's not. So, man, that just about wraps it up, man. I, I think we talked, to, you know, a lot of free agency, some fun things. Uh, let us know what you think out there. Uh, just hit us up on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram, and we had we've had a few people you know responding to the podcast, and we appreciate that, and we love to interact just like you said, you know. Let us know what you think, you know. Um, again, you know, make sure if you like what you hear, you're sharing the link with your friend. Make be sure to subscribe and leave a review, whether you're on Google Play or whether you're on iTunes. Uh, the the smart people have iTunes. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't do that. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, you know, if whether you have Google Play, whether you have iTunes, leave a review. Make sure that you subscribe. And that way, when we drop an episode, you will know. We didn't even touch on fantasy. So, real quick. Yeah. Real quick as I'm wrapping up. Who do you think is going to be the most impactful rookie in this fantasy draft? Most impactful rookie, I think the, I mean the easy answer is Saquon Barkley. Saquon easily beyond like I don't think yeah. it's even close. <laughs> yeah. Like I think Saquon, I expect Saquon to go in the first round. Oh yeah, he's I think, and I think that he's deserving of it. I think that he's probably like I could just tell he has that like Adrian Peterson aura about himself. Mm-hmm. Like it's like he just he's all he come to league like you look at his interviews. He's all about business. He remind me how you know. AP was when he first came in the league. That's how Adrian Peterson was all about business. And you see, the rest was history. Saquon is focused. He is big. He is. I think he's going to be a better NFL player than he was a college player. Yeah, nah, he, he totally fits the pro game. Like you said, I really have not identified a weakness yet. I mean, speed-wise, he ran a better 40 than Odell Beckham. Like, that's crazy to even think yeah. about. Um, I mean... Just very agile. His vision is elite. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. That's so if you're playing in PPR leagues. Yeah. And he blocks. Yeah, he, and he blocks. I, I really haven't identified a weakness yet. So would you draft him in the first round if he's available? Uh, Yeah, the, I would. I think depending on my draft position. If I had like a late, later first if round. I, yeah, if I had like if I'm in a league of, 
a ten or twelve. I probably I draft him with my twelfth or eleventh or twelfth pick. Maybe the ninth ninth pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking him in the upper echelon with the guys like David Johnson coming back, obviously, and you got um Ty Gurley that's gonna be oh, up Ty upper Gurley. and that's gonna be um very happy. Alvin Kamara. I don't know if I can draft him ahead of him. Right. You so in our league you might not get a chance to draft Kamara. I know because everybody <laughs> from Louisiana in our league. Well, majority. Right. And oh, you're going to keep him. <laughs> exactly. I don't think you should keep him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I might not keep him. Especially, I mean, after, you got Michael Thomas, after the though. whole, yeah. You might as well just, just keep Michael just Thomas. Just keep Michael Thomas. Especially after the whole Mark Ingram thing. It's not like Kamara going to get extra carries from that or nothing like that. So, I might as well just give him up and <laughs> yeah. leave him out there. Exactly. Why yeah. not? That's probably the smart You move. can give up Michael Thomas, though. He's a top 10 receiver. Yeah. Bro, actually, you're making some great points right now, bro. I might actually... I might actually not keep a guy that I drafted late in the draft <laughs> who has first round value. I hey, might Brad, not keep him. Okay. Sophomore slump. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sophomore slump in that Saints offense, yeah. right? With, with Mark Ingram being suspended for the first four games. If I even just had to have him for the first four games. You know what you did? What happened last time four. you overthought it? What, what happened? Who I overthought? Uh, last year you got your your keeper, right? I kept Michael Thomas. I dra- I got okay. Michael Thomas off the waivers. Nobody drafted Michael Thomas, and I kept Michael Thomas. I don't know. You are a Saints fan, bro. How do you let me do this to you year in and year out? <laughs> how do you let me do this to you? How do you let me get this intervention? How do you let me get the Saints players like that, bro? Bro, it's just I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting, right? It okay, just real real quick fantasy talk, real quick. So at the top end of the draft, give me players you would put kind of you looking at your top five or so. Antonio Brown, Odell, A D. I'm tripping, not A D. Nah, yeah. Uh David Johnson. David Johnson. DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and um Kamara's up there. Have to be. And Ty That's what I say. Yeah. Definitely Ty Gurley. And Brandon Cook's probably. I expect him to have a big year. Yeah. He could he could definitely have a, a big year in that offense. It's gonna be very interesting as we get into it and start thinking of talking about our sleepers and stuff. Yeah. But LaShawn McCoy, I think he's worth mentioning. Yeah. I look at him a little bit Man, later. Shady, in the first. bro. Shady's still killing it, bro. Like he over thirty and still killing it. Where do you see Leonard going? Leonard, first round. Yeah. First round. Definitely. I think he's an end of first round type of guy. Definitely. End of first round. Definitely. No doubt. The Jaguars love to run the ball. They're, you know, they don't really have a good quarterback, you know. So, you know, I, I really, you know, I really, you know, I like Leonard. You know, I like him. So, I think it's pretty safe to say kind of how we have it pretty much every year. That first round, you only looking at Jordan? wide receivers. What you think Jordan? What type of you think Jordan in uh, Oakland? Jordy, man, that's such a such a toss up for me. But they got you know you got to think they still have Crabtree, they still have. Um, I had to see Jordy apart from Aaron Rodgers, man. Jordy was Aaron Rodgers' favorite target year in and year out. I got to see forty. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. Who's a who's a red receiver out of Alabama that's over there too? Oh, you talking about uh, Mari Cooper? Mari Cooper. Because they got Cooper, they got Crabtree. But Jordan. Cooper really was kind of more in a slump after this. He had a good rookie year. Sophomore yeah. slump. I'm telling yeah. you, that's why you shouldn't keep Alvin Kamara. Yeah, sophomore just, slump. Just like I shouldn't have killed Michael Thomas last year because he definitely had a sophomore slump in that same <laughs> offense. He definitely really struggled in year two. So that's probably why. You you making some great points, bro. I'm definitely. Hey man. Hey. <laughs> look, look at my team. Look, look, man. I'm here for you. Okay. I'm here for I you. got you, bro. I really appreciate the. Answer. But you know, Jarvis said. I mean, not Jarvis. Uh, I'm drawing the blank. For the Browns receiver got suspended like a thousand times. Oh, you talking about uh, Josh? Uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. He said that they had the best wide receiver in core in the in the league. I don't. I don't think. I don't agree with that, but they're gonna be nice. I don't agree with that. Josh Gordon is a a beast, and even too the way if you looked at even like the pictures and stuff they showing of him and all that kind of stuff, or like how he transformed himself. Bro, he's an elite talent, bro. It's it's a a shame that 
you know, hopefully uh, all of that stuff is behind him, you know, those suspensions and everything. And hopefully, you know, he, you know, gets it together. But, you know, man, proud of them suspensions, bro. He was a fantasy monster. Right, monster. Monster, bro. And, and the thing to me when you look at it, and I'm not trying to say that him and Odell are the same type of receiver, but I'm saying this is a point. If you looked at how well Jarvis and Odell were able to be paired together, because Jarvis is more that possession receiver, going to catch more of the short type of passes, going to be a third down type of guy. Odell is that big play. I'm going to stretch the field, take the top off the defense. You're going to see kind of a pairing like that to me in Cleveland with a Josh Gordon having that ability to take the top off the defense. uh, Jarvis Landry still being that possession receiver, still being that go-to third-down type of guy. And you still got Corey Coleman that's in the picture as well over there. I like Corey Coleman. Remember I drafted him until he broke his hand. For some reason, he keep breaking his hand. He broke his hand like two times already. But he was a fantasy Pretty much beast. Yeah. Give you seven to good seventeen points a week. They may slickly turn Tyrod Taylor into a nice little fantasy quarterback yeah. option. Like catching him kind of late in the draft. Yeah. When you look at those weapons, you see kind of what they put together in that backfield. And you know, I'm a huge fan of drafting quarterbacks late because you it's plenty of of, 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 of names that you can get that aren't necessarily that sexy name. Right. But you can get good quarterbacks late in the draft and you don't have to sacrifice your depth at running back and receivers. Yeah. It's all about value, really. Right, so, and you, you have we, to keep that in mind. Yeah, bro. so if you're a fantasy player, we're giving you jewels right Yeah, I, I've seen people in the past come and take a quarterback in the first round, and I'm like, what are yeah. you doing? I, like, I know you want Aaron Rodgers, but I'm telling you, prior to last year, Ben Roethlisberger puts up the same numbers as Aaron right. Rodgers. You know, it's just not a, a, right. a bigger name than him, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, you know, it's 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 certain quarterbacks like Cam who's worth taking in those earlier rounds because he's a dual threat and he can, you know, he he, he contributes uh multiple things to yeah. you know to, to points. But yeah, I'm yeah, sorry honestly, we we sorry to give you such a short fantasy uh right segment, but we guarantee you that we definitely you think we should do a, a fantasy a all fantasy pot? I'm I'm with it, bro. I'm yeah. And then when we get Carlos back, you know he can go home for days. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, in the yeah. fourth round. <laughs> 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 right, why he can't even defend himself. Right? <laughs> but he is like that. We when we all get back together, we're gonna do a fantasy, uh, a special podcast edition. We might give you two podcasts in a week, man, like a treat, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do do a regular pod and do a special fantasy pod. So, all right, I'm gonna wrap it up again, man. That's it. I mean, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure that you spread the word. We're trying to get this out here. So if you're really, really rocking with us, man, don't be afraid to spread the word. Uh, sharing the link, uh, sharing us on Instagram. If you want to promote our ep- our upcoming episode, feel free to do so. We appreciate that love. Uh, continue to support us. We It's only going to go up from here. And that's about it. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers. And we out. Yeah, we out. Appreciate y'all.